0: Hi everyone, welcome to the BioPharma Dispatch podcast. Uh, we've had some technical issues recording this one today, mostly due to due to me. But uh, I'm delighted to be joined today by Fiona Shepherd and Lee Davila. Fiona from Johnson and Johnson, and Lee from Pfizer. And more importantly for today, though, the co-chairs of the Pharma Australia Inclusion Group. Uh, this is a group that's made great strides. In recent years, but particularly this year, they've done a lot of fantastic work and it's been great hearing about it and I think they've got a lot of great work planned and we're going to have a conversation about that and and, and about, about Fiona and Lee themselves and, and what why this is important to them and, and, and why they do it and their, and their commitment to that. So Fiona and Lee, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. such a pleasure to be here again. <laughs> That's right.
0: we'll, That's get right. we'll get through <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, we'll make there. it. We'll get there. Uh, Fiona, let's start. Let's have a little bit of background about you first.
1: Sure. So uh, I've been the co-chair with Lee of the PAGE group uh, for two years now and loving the opportunity to work with Lee and also, um, I suppose, you know, increase my contacts across the pharmaceutical sector I report through the Janssen business uh, and my role is the diversity, equity and inclusion lead for the Johnson & Johnson uh, family of companies for Australia and New Zealand. It's always a mouthful saying that. Uh, I have been with J&J for 18 years, Paul, and I've worked across a number of sales, marketing, uh, project management, uh, commercial education type roles, have been the DE&I lead, or just coming up to three years now. So I do say I have the best job in the company, though others do tend to argue that point with me. But I love uh, working in this space, um, affecting change in the initiatives that we have both within J&J, but also the opportunity to you know influence through the healthcare setting as well.
0: I'm going, that a discussion about diversity in 2021 is, is very different to one... Well, would there have even been a conversation about diversity 18 years ago when you started in the industry?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because I was actually just reflecting on this recently. So when I first started at J&J, I was an orthopedic sales rep and I'm sure you can imagine and many of the listeners will know that that type of industry is, is, very, is very male heavy and, and a lot of um, orthopedic surgeons... Uh, male and recently actually I was invited to facilitate a panel at the AOA which is the Australian Orthopaedic Association breakfast meeting and we uh, spoke about gender equity actually and gender equity has been tabled within the AOA as a priority area of focus which is fantastic Um, and so great to see that they're having these conversations on equity and especially for the female surgeons. Um, and the female product specialists that work in that space, it, it's, there's a long way to go, but it's a positive um, space to see that that's changing. But, yeah, I mean, there's over 18 years definitely seen some, some really phenomenal changes, I think, with the ENI, especially even over the last three years since I've been in this role.
0: Lee, tell me, tell me your path into... Uh, issues dealing with diversity I mean it's obviously it's, it's, well if it's not it should be important to everyone and it's important to you clearly but but you you came from a from a from a different function into this area yeah
1: yeah so I actually um my background prior to many many years ago was nursing and I grew up on uh Wiradjuri country in Wagga Wagga actually and through my nursing years and even following that I really just appreciated that I had a gap in my knowledge for First Nations people and so I I took about doing some secondary university studies a few years back uh, which really I suppose opened my eyes to not only um, the lack of knowledge that I had but also just made me more aware of the DE&I space and I'd always been involved through J&J's corporate philanthropy programs um, and some volunteering In that area, so when the opportunity came up for this role to apply, was something that I'm really passionate about. I think you know having um, you know having family members with diverse backgrounds, um, having you know family members with you know who have been I suppose polarized for you know their. their sexuality or their religious beliefs, it's something that I'm quite passionate about making sure that everyone is included and, and has a say.
0: Thank you. And, and Lee, we, we first met a few years ago when you were doing an external facing role, external comms role for Pfizer, and I know you've changed a few, you've t- taken a few different career paths in, in recent years, but tell me about your, your focus on diversity and inclusion.
2: Yeah, well, uh, thank you. Firstly, Paul, it's always fantastic to be talking, Paige. Uh, my background's in media and communications, uh, and as we did used to talk quite regularly, uh, I'm now the Strategic Policy Manager and Pfizer's Policy and Public Affairs team. Uh, similar to Fee, I'm just really passionate about the area of D&I, but I'm passionate about a workplace being, you know, it's, it's the moniker of Paige, that, that creating an industry where everyone can thrive. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I've am i worked a number of different workplaces, and a big focus for me in whatever role I go to is that it's a welcoming Mm -hmm. safe and enjoyable place to be. We spend so much time at work, it should really be like our second home. And one of the things that's been really humbling in this co-chair role with FEE has been the way that whether you're a large organization in the medicines industry or a small organization, signing up to the Page program is really about signing up to a continuous improvement journey on your DNI journey or your gender equity journey for that matter. Uh, And it's how each company has embraced that. Uh, And whenever we do a session We we try and diversify the feedback we get from different companies or the the focus or spotlight we put on different companies and to hear about some of the work that's going on in this space, uh, it it really inspires uh, and makes our job a lot easier because there's so much great work going along. We recognise that various companies are at different parts in their D&I journey, uh, but they're all trending towards, you know, trying to do more to make uh, our workplaces safer,
0: to make our workplaces more enjoyable and happier places to be. And, and there are a lot of – a lot of companies are members of PAGE now, aren't they? Mm.
2: Yeah, from across, from across the Medicines Australia membership, yeah, there are. And so, so taking a step back, I mean, PAGE was formed in late 2016. And the focus then from the three co-founders at the time, which was Kirsten Doherty and Melissa McGregor and Kathy Connell, uh, was really that more needs to be done to move the needle on gender. Uh, so PAGE's original remit was uh, the Farmer Advancing Gender Equity, uh, PAGE. And for two years, they ran programs which really are about benchmarking and learning. It's about learning what best practice is, not just uh, outside of industry, but where best practice is really being lived and breathed within industry uh, and sharing that across the board so that, we're, you know, the idea that rising ties lifts all boats, uh, that from an industry perspective, we're going to be better for it. Uh, and so at the end of that two-year gender journey, uh, we'd covered some really great issues on pay equity, on flexible working and and paid, pater- and paid parental leave. But there was a discussion that more could be done to move the D&I needle. Uh, and that's about the time Fiona and I got involved in PAGE. Uh, I was working in a communications capacity and Fee was the PAGE member. But it was just at this time that we were expanding into the D&I program. And so for the last two years, we've had the fortune of being the co-chairs and, and going over this program, which really commenced at a, quite a crazy time, right? Because we started at January, February 2020, just when our worlds were about to be turned upside down.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's really, that's Little did topic. we know. <laughs> that's right. Now, Fiona, what are some of the, some of the issues that you've had? A lot of workshops. You've done a lot of work. Gathered gathered a lot of information from from companies, and companies have done a lot of their own work, which I think is one of the more more really powerful impacts of the of, of what you've done is just the information you've gathered and how you then use that uh, through all the forums you've created.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, the the good thing about the page program is it decided by member companies, for member companies. So in 2019, late 2019, we had the leaders check in. We then um, had a list of topics that we wanted to focus on for the next two years. That was also informed by our first uh, paper that we did, which was about creating an industry where everyone thrives. And we commenced actually that program with... um, (laughs) With a, with a subject around uh, flexibility and little did we know soon after that we were all going to be thrown into the world's biggest uh, flexibility work from home experiment um, and that was our last face-to-face meeting.
2: Yeah if you think about it Paul I mean reflecting on Fiona's uh, career experience and that, and that fascinating journey she's had and everything that she's seen in the DNI space over that 18year journey. Think about the changes that's happened over the last two yeah. years alone. You know, we say if the nine to five workday wasn't on life support by the start of 2020, it's well really dead. And over that time, we've had to move from not just incorporating work-life balance, but this concept of work-life integration. And to think about where we've got with colleague welfare and understanding about people working from home and working from the office, kids running into WebExes, everything going virtual. Uh, we all see each other's living rooms now and know our living situation. I think there's been a much greater appreciation for colleague welfare over the last two years, which has really been a great grounding for a lot of the work we've done in PAGE. I mean, uh, very early on, when Fee said it's supposed to be guided by members, Mm -hmm. our big focus as co-chairs is, you know, is PAGE topical? Is it reflecting the key issues that our member companies are dealing with? So Mm -hmm. the first issue we brought forward was after that flexible session was mental health and well-being, where we really dived into what we could be doing for colleagues that have been disrupted and and now working in a totally upside-down environment. Mm Uh, And similarly, I know Fee's incredibly passionate about when the global movement for Black Lives Matter and Aboriginal Lives Matter locally really started gathering momentum. We prioritised sessions around First Nations people and and reconciliation, uh, and that's something that Fee's done a lot of work in.
1: Mm. We actually brought those forward, didn't we? Because I think they were tabled for the 22-year cycle, but because the member companies... Had expressed an interest and wanted to do something, we actually brought those sessions forward, and they're probably one of our most popular and well-attended sessions. I think the ones that we had around our First Nations people. Lee?
2: Yeah, and it's and now Fiona's taken the baton and run with that, and she's created a breakaway uh, breakaway group incorporating MedTech as well. So there's yeah. now there's now this movement across page member companies to create this this new specialist group specifically looking at reconciliation action plans across medicines and medtech.
1: Which is so exciting, right? We just recently kicked off, Paul, with a meeting. So we, Paige and a colleague of mine, Chris Ashpole, who works with NUTCHO, and um, that we brought together, I suppose, the two groups, so the med device sector and the pharmaceutical sector, and we kicked off a couple of um, months ago with a um, RAP Health Industry Network We had about 50 people representing about 30, just under 30 companies and, you know, it's just so great to see the majority of these companies, if they don't already have a a wrap, uh, considering that, you know, how they will set themselves up to either start looking at a wrap in the next 12 months or um, within the next couple of years and I think that's really exciting. You know, because we collectively can, you know, impact some real positive change there potentially down the track.
0: Well, let's let's talk about that in the next twelve months more broadly. What's mm. what's on the agenda for Page over the next one or two years?
2: Let's, well, uh, yeah. One of the things that I really like about the Page Sessions for is uh, the big focus is it's not just uh, tick the box and move on. So there's always a touch point in the next, you know, in the next year, the next calendar year, to see how member organisations felt about the program that was covered, how they've gone embedding some of that work in their own organisations, some of the successes, some of the challenges, and we always do touch back on that. So, from Fiona and my perspective, and I know she's talking to the steering committee, uh, we're really focused on some of the deeper insights for diversity and inclusion next year. I mean, we held a session recently where we had feedback on the last two years and. Overwhelmingly, there was positive feedback that the program's working and the members are seeing value in it, which is always encouraging uh, from a co-chair perspective. Um, But we really heard from companies that they're still grappling with hybrid and flex, and particularly as we try to evolve out of a COVID world into a post-COVID world. How do we embed hybrid and flex and make it our new normal? Uh, That's going to be a real challenge. There's also this uh, notion of the commercial alignment to DNI. So whilst it's, you know, a colleague focus, how do we make it a more enterprise-wide focus? Um, and, you know, there will be new sessions that we touch on. I know Fee and I are both passionate, uh, Fee's passionate about health equity in particular. Um, I'm passionate about the notion of carer responsibility because uh, we now know that there are so many colleagues that are in a caring role in some capacity, whether that's in a parental caring role or in an elder caring role or throughout the whole spectrum of caring, I suppose, um, that's been brought to light over the last two years. So these are some of the issues that we're kicking around. Um, but I suppose that what will ground us for 2022 uh, and beyond is we're doing a second iteration of the white paper. Um, we did one on gender to sort of tie, tie a bow in the gender work in 2019. Uh, and we're doing another one uh, where we're partnering with the University of Sydney. Uh, Professor Ray Cooper and Troy Roderick from the University of Sydney are, are authoring that report and working with our delivery partner, willis Towers Watson. And they've done some quantitative and qualitative work across PAGE member companies, uh, and that's really going to look at the future of diversity and inclusion in the post-COVID world. So that will, I suppose, be a platform which we can say, here's where we're at, this is what we've learned over the last two years, and here's where we can go further.
0: I think it's, The thing that struck me always about PAGE, ever, ever since it was established, is it's just a great way for an industry and this industry that 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 we value so highly to come together on a really important issue and share experiences and learn together and and improve across the board it's just i think it's just such a, such a great model yeah. and the buy-in the buy-in has been quite extraordinary i think the feedback that i get is just so positive out of these workshops from people and, and the learning experiences and how people then take that back into their own organisations to say, well, this is what that, this company is doing and maybe we could do that and, you know, we could certainly share our experience with this. It's just such a great – it's such a great model.
1: We were just saying that, Lee and I, earlier today, um, Paul. Like, I love it that this is a group of companies that would ordinarily, you know, every day we compete, you know, with each other – um, some more so than others, but when we get in this space, we, you know, we put aside our commercial interests and the conversations are so robust and warming because we all want to make the healthcare industry, the pharmaceutical sector, a more inclusive, a, you know, a more diverse space. But also, I think what I've noticed as well is that whilst the companies are at Differing parts of their journeys for many of these topical areas that we're looking at, that's acknowledged. And it doesn't matter whether you have started the journey or you're, you know, and you're a long way down the track or you haven't started the journey and you're contemplating it and trying to work it out. Everyone is there to share best practice with each other and, you know, for the collective greater good, I think, of of this sector.
2: Yeah, we're fortunate to work, Paul, with Willis Towers Watson, our delivery partner, and we, we've really challenged them to try and, because what we put together at the end of each session is a, a resource library, which is kind of a lasting, uh, lasting legacy of the work we do that companies can always look back on uh, about these things and, and reference where they're at, but they try and find external experts, and they'll they've a podcasts with them. They've tried to diversify some of that content to make it more engaging, but we hear from not only you know large organisations, small organisations, and what they're doing around colleague welfare, but also what best practice looks like elsewhere, and and it's always it's always inspiring to hear these stories because at the end of the day, this is all work that's making workplaces more more advantageous and better places to work across Australia, which is great.
0: So, Fiona, let's let's say that we are having this conversation at the end of twenty twenty two, December twenty twenty two. What what sort mm-hmm. of things would you like to be talking about?
1: Well, I'd like to be talking about. Ref- reflecting on the year past where I've handed over my page (laughs) co-chair crown because in 2022, hopefully, there'll be someone else with new fresh eyes um, sitting in my role. But um, for me, um, Paul, I think a big area for us next year and I think collectively for society is to look at the area of ableism and how, as a healthcare industry, the you know uh, you know people that are able-bodied have, I suppose, more of a um, more opportunities maybe than other people who have don't have the same accesses to healthcare. So I think ableism is a big part of that. And um and I would like to look back and you know think that we have well into the conversation around age. Uh, and just the, not only the impact of age, I think, for our workforce, so making sure that we have a diverse age group of employees, but also, and I think Lee touched on this as well, I know he's equally passionate about it, when age dovetails into, you know, um, the leave entitlements that people have, and, and as we have an ageing population it's important that we drive a holistic approach to leave for um, employees. And at the moment, largely, we only really talk about parental leave. But, you know, there's other, you know, people need leave for ageing family members, ageing friends. We, We, you know, our bodies change as we get older. And I think that the leave, policies that we have should reflect that. That would be, a, I would love to see that we've started on that that topic and we are, you know, at least having conversations about how important that is openly.
0: Lee, how about you? Yeah,
2: I mean, as I mentioned earlier, Paul, we definitely want to get deeper insights into the work that we've done so far. And to that age and generational piece, I found that really fascinating. We just held that session a couple of months ago and to talk about how our working lives, where we would have been aiming to that 65-year retirement, now stretch may stretch out to 70, 75, that breadth of experience you're going to have, we already know that the pharmaceutical industry is an industry where people do live, uh, you know, do work and live for longer uh, in, the, in, that, in those roles. Uh, so how do we then incorporate that breadth of experience and provide, I suppose, enough opportunities and diversity for colleagues who are staying longer in those roles? and then mesh that with new colleagues that are coming out of university, Gen Y, Gen X, that are probably having, not Gen X, sorry, Gen Y and ZZ, who are coming out of university with broad discipline bases uh, and are probably more mobile, agile, willing to take on new opportunities, uh, willing to embrace technology more, and then meshing that across the workforce. Uh, it's really fascinating stuff. Uh, and Fee and I have talked about out of that session, one of the things that we were talking about was this notion of the sandwich generation and that's when caring comes into it as well and Mm -hmm. Fee and I are probably both in that in that the sandwich generation is this concept whereby the gap between parental leave and then other caring responsibilities is getting smaller and smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. whereby your kids get to, just as you get the kids out of the door to school or where they're self-sufficient, you're then thrust into another caring role where you're caring for a loved one or elder care or another form of care Uh, and I think one of the things that's been really encouraging across the whole PAGE program is that it's put Colleague Welfare front and centre and caring and understanding someone's family dynamic and their caring responsibilities is such an important component of that. That, that will be something that we'll focus on for next year. Uh, and, and I suppose, you know, how long's a pre string? We could talk about all the things we want to tackle in 2022 and 2023. I know we definitely want to revisit gender too because we, yes. we know that PAGE has such strong roots in gender equity. Uh, and we don't want to feel like we've done gender and that we're not going to focus on that because we still know we need to we need to look mm-hmm. at measure, measurement within organisations around gender equity and how we are moving the needle. Uh, but there are other issues in gender equity that we probably didn't touch on in the first two years that we could revisit next year and beyond as well.
0: Diversity is one of those issues, I presume, where there's constantly new areas to focus on, but also refreshing and coming back to it and looking at things in a different way in a new way because, because I, mean, I mean I can imagine that the impact of the pandemic on the workplace has been such that it's going to have a significant impact on the work that you're doing now obviously in the past mm-hmm. two years but also going forward.
1: Uh, I, you know I, I agree 100% I think the work that we do with Paige it's not about you know ticking boxes mm. Um, making sure, you know, okay, we've done that, let's move on and pick another subject. It's why we see, I suppose, many of these topics really threading through our two-year cycle of programs and keep coming back, um, you know, readdressing them and continually looking for where we can improve um, as companies and as a sector and learn from each other. So, you know, we will bring new topics in um, or maybe bring topics forward like we did with First Nations, but it's definitely um, that you know I think that you hit nail on the head there, Paul. It's why we still see uh, those you know those themes in our program.
2: Yeah, and we, and we know, Paul, that, you know, I think Fee mentioned it earlier that all of our member organizations are at different stages of the D&I journey, but they're also a different composition as well. We've got some small organizations where you have lots of jack of all trade employees that uh, really take on so many different roles and capacities as well as their daily role. Uh, they may be more agile companies that are able to influence things, but they may not also have the resource capability of some of the larger firms do, to be able to invest in this sort of stuff. It's, it's interesting hearing those challenges and offering support to some of those companies or advice uh, for big and small about what best practice does look like and what could work for them in their particular situation.
0: Well, that's isn't that that's just the business case almost have being part of Page, isn't it, if you're a small company, is that you just get access to so much knowledge and expertise. I mean, to me, it's just a, it's a no-brainer that you'd be part of it.
1: Yeah, well, we saw in the um in the recent RAP healthcare group when we had breakout sessions, the smaller companies exactly said that same thing. They're like, we don't even know where to start on this journey of doing a reconciliation action plan. But to have these companies that are down that track is just that that the value in that itself is is gold.
0: It's it's a fantastic project. So Fiona Shepherd and Lee Davila, the co chairs of the Pharma Australia Inclusion Group. Congratulations! Uh, it's been great to talk to you today. I've, I I think the work that you're doing with that group is is incredible and something that you should be incredibly proud of, uh, both individually and and as a team. And the way you talk about it is is just is is really inspiring because you're clearly very passionate about it and believe in it and communicate it and articulate it so well. So congratulations, and I do look forward to so having another conversation with you next year to hear, hear more about the work that you've done.
2: Thank you, Paul. And it, should, it, would, it would be remiss of us not to say, too, that we enjoy the fabulous support of our executive steering committee. Uh, you know, Kathy Connell has been there since its inception, J&J, but that is now Anne Harris, uh, from Pfizer, Chris Nepple from AbbVie and Lystasoma from Medicine Australia. To so know we have their support allows us to go forth and, and do what we can with those So Thank you. It may be us you speak to in 2022. Be described as a hospital pass. It's not a hospital pass at all. It's a well, very rewarding role. We, we would look forward to anybody putting their hand up for this role next year.
0: Well, regardless, congratulations and uh, I, I I really do look forward to, uh, to speaking to you again next year, regardless of what capacity you're in. Thanks, Paul.
1: Thank you you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for your support, Paul. It's great to have this time. Take care. Take care.